Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. And welcome. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. Uh, today I'll be discussing a new movie, Knock at the Cabin, the latest from director M. Night Shyamalan. Before we get into the review, where to find the show? You can watch the show on our YouTube channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. You can also watch it on the Facebook page, which is also Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. You can watch the show on my Twitter page, which is at Bend Your Ear Pod. If you go there, my pinned tweet will be the latest episode of the show. And if you click on like uh, on Twitter, you'll see all the previous episodes uh, that have been recorded. If you want to listen to the podcast, which is the original form of it, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, just click and subscribe and uh, you'll know get notified when new episodes are posted. And if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I would encourage you to do, uh, you'll get notifications when I go live. And also, please, if you don't mind, like the Facebook page. Uh, the show is also on Instagram. Same handle, at BendYourEarPod. All right, so today, I'm going to discuss Knock at the Cabin, which is the latest film by M. M. Night Shyamalan. So if you're familiar with his work or you're a fan of his work, his career has been kind of an interesting one. Uh, he started uh, with the explosive hit of his second film, which was uh, The Sixth Sense, starring Bruce Willis. Uh, he had been a screenwriter before that. I believe he co-wrote or wrote Stuart Little. And he had a film, his first film, I don't remember the name of it. But uh, the second film, of course, The Sixth Sense, was a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, followed by what is still my favorite night movie, which is Unbreakable, which also starred Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. It's still my favorite uh, Shyamalan movie to this day. I think it's an incredible film. All right, so this particular film, Knock at the Cabin. So this is based on a book. Uh, that was published in 2018. So this is basically an apocalyptic thriller. So in this film, uh, the movie opens with a uh, a couple, a gay couple with a adopted daughter. Uh, they are going to the woods for, I guess, a vacation or a break. And uh, they are, uh, as they are setting up camp at the cabin where they're at, uh, you are introduced to Leonard. Uh, large character, large person played by Dave Bautista. Bautista, of course, the former wrestler turned actor, uh, most famous for his role as Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was just in uh, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, uh, which I reviewed a couple of episodes back. So he plays Leonard, who approaches uh, the daughter uh, when uh, asking about what she's doing there and where her parents are. And so she is uh, spooked by the gentleman and runs to back to the cabin uh, to her parents. So they're all in the cabin. She warns them that there was this big guy that was asking about them and wanting to know where they are, that they were going to come to the house. So, of course, that creates concern. So, of course, you get the knock at the door, and uh, it is Leonard basically saying that he needs to speak to them, that there's something important that they have to do, uh, and uh, they need to be let in. So, of course, obviously, uh, they're frightened they don't know who these people are why they're there what their intentions are uh, so they try to call the police they can't get cell service uh, and uh, eventually the leonard and we find out his three cohorts end up breaking into the house and basically taking them hostage for lack of a better term so you have leonard as i uh introduced played by dave Bautista. you have the you have rupert grint actually from harry potter he was Ron Weasley. He plays uh, Redmond. You have a character that is a nurse and then another character that is a waitress at a, I think, a diner or a restaurant. 
So four different types of people, they're at the house and then they start to explain why they're there. Uh, so as far as what I'm going to talk about here, I don't know if it classifies as spoilers. I, I guess I would say mild spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you may want to watch the movie first and then listen to the show. But like I said, I don't think I'm giving away anything too important as far as what happens in the film. So Leonard proceeds to explain to them that the four of the people that are there were drawn together through visions that they were having of the end of the earth. And basically they are there because they were led there to this couple and the girl. And the proposition that he presents to them is basically this. They have to decide, the three people in the house have to decide, the two dads and the daughter have to decide who dies. If they volunteer to have some, one of them be killed, then the apocalypse will be averted and everyone in the world will be saved. If they don't choose to do that, then the end of the world will occur. So that's the simple premise for the setup of the film. Um, so as the film progresses, what happens is they give them a certain amount of time to make a decision. If they do not make a decision, then one of the four that have come to the cabin will be killed until there's nobody left and then there's the apocalypse. So... The movie, as the movie progresses, these events start to happen. But what you also get is you get backstory. There's a series of flashbacks in the film uh, regarding the the couple. So you have Jonathan Groff, if you know, as the voice of Eric in Frozen. And then you have Ben Aldridge as Andrew. So Eric and Andrew, you get a history of how they met, their relationship, and then their attempts and successful adoption of, of when. So... You get a little backstory into the, the character traits of each person. So uh, Eric is very, you know, mild-mannered, mild very, you know, just very chill, for lack of a better term. And Andrew is, as the movie progresses, you see he has a temper. And he is not quick to anger is probably the wrong word. When he's pushed, he is uh, he has a temper. So that comes into play later in the film. So you get a, a good backstory of these characters through these flashbacks and uh and kind of what they've gone through so what's really good about this movie is it it there's a couple of things going on so it's the it's the way that they show how your your internal personality and your past impacts what's going on in the present so obviously they've been taken hostage at the cabin that they're staying in and andrew reacts very differently than eric uh andrew is hostile towards them which is totally understandable thinks they're crazy lunatics and is trying to do everything he can to get out of the house so one of the one of the subplots in there is andrew brought a gun that's in the car so he's trying to figure out a way to get out of the cabin get to the gun so that they can turn the tables on their attackers so where eric is trying to be more diplomatic trying to talk to them reasonably you know, even say, hey, look, we believe you. We want to, you know, this is this isn't doesn't need to happen. So you see the two different approaches to how they approach the situation, and the backstory and the flashbacks kind of lead you to to see why they would do it that way. So you get that throughout the film as well, and uh, and that's the narrative drive. Like I said, I'm not going to give away too much. Um, like I said, there's an apocalypse coming. You know, I'm not going to tell you what happens, how that resolves itself, but what I will say. Uh, 
is the performances. Let me get into the performances. So let me start with uh, with Dave Bautista. So he has been in a few films now. Like I said, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I've seen Glass Onion, and now I've seen this film. And I saw an interview with him that I read before I watched this movie, and he was very grateful for this particular role uh, because in this role, his character Leonard is a second uh, is a is a teacher who teaches second graders or young kids, really young kids. And it makes sense because when you see the way he approaches when at the beginning of the film, you see his demeanor and he's such a large, imposing person, yet his personality is quite the opposite and he presents it that way. And and I saw the interview with Batista and he was grateful because he he understands how difficult it is because of his size and, and, and the imposing figure that he presents when he's on screen. So to get a role where he's playing a second grade teacher, he was grateful for because there's not a lot of those roles that are going to come his way. Of course, you know, as his movie career progresses, it's going to be a series of either good guys fighting, bad guys fighting, you know, the, the typical, what you would think a, a person like him or someone like The Rock who has done successfully is is getting those action roles. So I think he's made a conscious decision. Obviously, M. Night casting him is 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 good. He's fantastic in this movie. He's the best thing about this movie, actually. Uh, his performance as Leonard is wonderful, and I can definitely see he has the potential to be uh, in in not just a superhero movie or a uh, a wacky movie. I think he has, you know, given the right role, um, he'll be doing uh, I think more dramatic work than maybe you would expect from someone like him. So he's great in the film. Uh, the other characters are good as well. The nurse, uh, the, the 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 waitress, and then Rupert Grint's character, uh, who is a I think a truck driver, and uh, you start to find out some things about each character as the movie progresses. But basically, like I said, they are there to try to prevent the apocalypse. These visions that the four are having uh, are, are of the devastation of what this apocalypse will bring and the massive destruction and death that will come with it. So again, this movie is like a you know it's a, it's part apocalyptic thriller part psychological thriller part you know hostage movie it's kind of a hybrid of different types of movies uh but like i said led by a great dave batista performance and the little girl that plays when does a very good job as well uh, like i said the acting's good all the way around like i said i would highlight batista's great performance in the film um were there any drawbacks anything i didn't like about the film now that i think about it, i saw it about a week and a half ago uh i don't think there was anything that i didn't like uh, at all, I don't think there was anything that I that stuck out to me as something that I would criticize. Uh, I think the length of the movie is fine. I don't. I didn't find it to be too long. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think. I thought the. I thought everything was done effectively. Uh, you know, the end of the film is like I said. I'm not going to get into that. What I will say is that um, Shyamalan does kind of subvert expectations of his own work because obviously he is a filmmaker that's been known for the rug pulling at the end of a film some unexpected twist or something that you didn't see coming uh so he kind of plays with that a little bit in this movie uh and i won't get any into more than that you'll you'll see when you watch it uh but again uh, as far as in the in the in his ranking of work so i know for me anyway and for a lot of people uh his first three films which were excuse me the second film third film fourth film so Six Sense, Unbreakable, and I think Signs was after that. And then after that was The Village, I think. And then Lady in the Water, if I remember right. 
So after the trilogy of, of Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs, he was pretty much at the top of his game. And then a lot of people felt from that movie on, a lot of people don't like Signs either. But from after Signs on, it kind of fell off. And then he kind of had what you would call a quote-unquote resurgence uh, when he started to do smaller films uh, to, to, to for his comeback. So he did, you know, Split. And, and what he's doing now is actually kind of the George Lucas model. I don't know if he's doing it currently with these films. I know he just signed a deal with Warner Brothers. He had been working with Universal, I think, the majority of his career. But he, I know for a fact on some of the films, his last few films, he's self-financing them and then selling them to a distribution company. I don't know how his deal with Warner Brothers is, but he was able to do that. So obviously he's from Pennsylvania. He shoots there. He uses his crew. He has, he's able to have complete creative control, which is fantastic. I mean, well, you know, whether you like his films or not, he's kind of achieved probably the dream that most filmmakers have, the ability to have complete creative control over a film without any interference and then still have it be able to be distributed and make enough money to the point where you can continue to make movies. So I think for any filmmaker, and I'm not in the film business, but you know, reading enough about it and, and, and reading interviews and watching interviews with directors and writers, I think the biggest goal, because uh, not everybody is Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino or, 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 or a big director, most directors just want to be able to continue to be allowed to make films. And Shyamalan has put himself in that envious position where he can do that. Uh, so that's and that's always great. And like I've said over the pocket, the podcast over the last year or so, uh, as I continue to to emphasize this point, uh, there is there is an importance of films that are not sequels, that are not superhero movies. And, and like I say, I always qualify this. I'm not one of those that can't stand Marvel or comic book movies. I love them when they're done well. And actually, I'm going to do a back-to-back episodes today. I'm going to be reviewing a, the new uh, Marvel film in the next episode. So if you stay tuned, I'll be back on shortly after this one to go live again for that review. But I'm a fan of those films and, and love to go see them. I'm a fan of popcorn movies. I'm a fan of all movies. Like I said, the only my only stipulation on the movie is that the movie's good. I, the genre to me is is irrelevant. Uh, but I do think in this in this marketplace of comic book films and big sequels that these movies like this whether i like them or don't like them uh there's a there's a place for those movies dramas thrillers movies made for adults that are not comic book or superhero movies those those movies are still important those movies i grew up in the 80s and 90s with my formative movie going experiences and a lot of those films i saw were r-rated dramas and thrillers you know, original stories or if they were based on material, it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't something of rehashed characters. It was great actors with great roles and with good screenplays, with good directors, whether it's, you know, Sidney Lumet or or or, or, or Martin Scorsese or, or just films that were standing on their own. And that's very important. And even the ones that I don't love, I, I, I appreciate their importance in the marketplace and I appreciate that they need to have a place in the theatrical marketplace for me. I think that's extremely important. So to see a movie like this, I'm happy to support it, whether I like it or if I end up not liking it, uh, I'm happy to support those type of movies because that's the only way they're going to continue to get made, at least for theatrical releases. Obviously, they're streaming services and things like that, but I'm I'm one of the people, and I'll watch them on streaming when I can't go to the movies. I, it's great to have that avenue available to watch movies that maybe I wouldn't be able to see, but I want to see them in the theater when I can, and I was glad I got to see this one. All right, so I digress back to the movie. So without giving away too much of the end, I'm going to probably stop there. Like I said, great Dave Bautista performance is is the main reason to go see this movie. So out of five Van Goghs, I'm going to give this movie probably, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it, 
four Van Goghs. And that's a pretty strong review for me. Uh, it's, it's not uh, a classic. Uh, will I see it over and over again? I would watch it again. And I think it's good and I'm giving it a recommendation. So four out of five on mine is a recommendation. I thought the movie was entertaining. I thought it was well done. Uh, I know the reviews of this film have been mixed, I believe. And I didn't check it right before I got on, but I think I checked it about a week ago. I don't know if it was 50-50. You know, some people really like it. Some people really hate it. For me, I think with Shyamalan, I think people are already ready to get in there and hate any movie he puts out and basically say everything he does now is trash, which that's fine. I don't really care. Uh, I only, you know, I give my review of it. You know, I call it like I see it. If I like it, I'll say it. If I don't, I'll say I don't. Uh, but this movie I actually enjoyed. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. Like I said, the main reason to check it out is for a very, very strong performance by Dave Bautista in this film. Very strong. Um, like I said, it's the main reason to watch it. Uh, so I'm going to give it a, a four out of five. So like I said, that's a, that's a recommendation to check it out. Uh, whether you check it out in the theater or you check it out uh, when it's available digitally. Uh, it's been out for, I think, about a month now, maybe a little less. So I'm sure it's going to be, you know, that theatrical to digital window is shrinking. So I think it's going to be available probably pretty soon if you don't see it in the movies. It is still playing now. Uh, I did see it. I went to the movies yesterday uh, to see uh, to see Ant-Man. So it's there. Uh, so if you want to check it out, it is available now. So again, uh, Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I'm going to give four Van Goghs out of five. Like I said, it's a recommendation. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Is it's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. And uh, that's all you can really ask for if it's if it's entertaining, you know, does what it's going to do, and uh, has some good performances. That's enough for me. I don't think it was like I said. Uh, it's it's uh, I don't give it five because it's not a classic, but I think it's a decent movie, pretty good movie. So I I would say check it out. All right, so knock at the cabin for Van Gogh's out of five. And again, if you want to check out the podcast uh, audio version of it, it's available wherever you get podcasts, so including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, or anywhere you get podcasts. If you type in Google, type in Let Me Bend Your Podcast, you'll probably find podcatchers that I don't even know about that the, the show is available on. What I would ask is for you rate and review wherever you listen to it. If you could, give it you know give it four stars if you love it. Uh, and uh, if you could rate and review, the reason we ask that or any podcast ask that is so that uh, when anybody's searching for a new movie podcast, uh, the show will pop up higher in the search results. So if you could do that, that'd be fantastic. And like I said, you can watch the show on the YouTube channel uh, on demand or you can watch it live. You'll get notifications. So please subscribe there. Uh, please also subscribe to my Twitter page. Uh, you can follow me there at Pod. Again, the episodes are there. Uh, just click on the like column and then all the episodes will pop up there on Twitter. You can also watch the show on Facebook. The Facebook page is Let Me Bend Your Ear. Uh, the show broadcasts also live on Twitch. There's no on-demand feature there, so obviously it'll be live. If you happen to be on Twitch, you can see it there as well. And if you want to email the show, that's Bend Your Ear. Let me, excuse me, Bend Your Ear Podcast at gmail.com. I swear one day I'll get that email right. Bend Your Ear Podcast at gmail.com. I will get it right on the first try one of these times. Don't know when, can't really tell you, but eventually I'll get that right. And go to the website, if you could. The website is LetMeBendYourEar.com. All the shows are there. Um, all the media, social media con uh, links are there as well. Uh, so if you, for, you know, if you don't listen here where I tell you to go, just go to the website. That'll lead you to wherever you want to follow or watch the show. And like I said, I encourage everybody to go to the website. You can get every single episode there. If you don't have a podcasting uh, app that you use at all or you're a 
infrequent listener podcast, you can go right to my website and you can get any show down. You can download any show from there and listen to it directly on your phone. You don't need an app. Just download it, listen to it on your PC, on your phone, on your tablet, wherever. So you can get it right from the website and listen to it there if you don't have a podcasting app. So feel free to do that as well. All right, so thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Again, if you give me about 15 minutes, I'm doing back-to-back episodes today. Uh, This episode will be available on the audio feed next Friday, and then I'm going to record shortly here uh, the review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, That'll go go up immediately today when I complete recording the live. So again, thanks everybody for listening uh, now or for listening on the podcast. I really appreciate the support. Uh, It's great to see the download. So thank you so much. If you're a fan of the show, uh, please share uh, any of my posts on social media, specifically Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. So please reach out to me if you want to talk, uh, DM or discuss movies. So I'm always there for that. All right. I hope everybody has a fantastic day and I'll see you back live here in about 15, 20 minutes. Have a great day.